The sermon text is the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. On that day, when evening came, Jesus said to the disciples, let's go over to the other side. After leaving the crowd behind, the disciples took him along in the boat, just as he was. Other small boats also followed him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were splashing into the boat, so that the boat was quickly filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. They woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we are about to drown? Then he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind stopped, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still lack faith? They were filled with awe and said to one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. You just don't know when things are going to change suddenly. Jesus and his disciples are sailing smoothly across the, piece of the Sea of Galilee, and suddenly the winds rush down and the waves are whipped up and their boat is swamped, and even the experienced fishermen on board that boat thought that they were about to die. Things in our lives can change suddenly. You're not going to make it through life without experiencing some storms. They come in all different shapes and sizes. Some of them, like actual storms, you can see coming way over the horizon, but others pop up out of nowhere. And it is a big chunk of our joy as Christians to know that whatever storms we go through, whether they are sudden or expected, Jesus is there with us. And in the Lord's Prayer, we ask, deliver us from evil. Another way to say that same thing is, save us from the storms. Today, when we see what Jesus did to save his disciples from that storm on the Sea of Galilee, we remember with faith that Jesus is there with us to deliver us from our own evils in our own life. First, we are going to see the calm before the storm, then the calm in the middle of the storm, then the calm after the storm, then the storm after the calm. If you didn't catch all that, never fear. It's going to be coming back around at you again. So first, the calm before the storm. Could anything be more peaceful more pretty than this picture that St. Mark paints for us. On that day, when evening came, Jesus said to them, let's go over to the other side. After leaving the crowd behind, the disciples took him along in the boat, just as he was. Other small boats also followed him. So the disciples take Jesus into the boat, almost like he needs help to get there. And they take him just as he is, as he is, is like this. He's divine, and he is also human. And he has just spent the day as the Son of God perfectly preaching and teaching to a huge crowd of people. And as a human, he's tired. The crowds that day were so big that Jesus actually went out onto the lake on a boat so that the people could sit on the shore and see him and hear him. And Jesus spent all day teaching them about the kingdom of God 
proclaiming his love for them. And on that day, the crowds could not get enough of Jesus. When he was done teaching, they even followed him across the lake in their own little boats. Jesus went into his boat as he was. The Son of God, who just finished a perfect day of planting God's truths in people's hearts, also a human being who gets what humans get after a full day of teaching. Exhaustion. And now in this scene, as Jesus and the disciples sail across the sea, there is this wonderful external peace in what you see happening here. Jesus, tired after a long day of perfect preaching, sleeping on a cushion, sailing smoothly across the sea. The sun is setting in the west, the little entourage of boats following behind him. What beautiful outward peace we see. But what brings us even more peace about this scene? What brings us internal peace for our souls? It's knowing why Jesus is there on that boat. It's knowing that one day this head that is resting peacefully is going to be crowned with thorns for us. And it's knowing that one day the hands and feet are going to be nailed to a cross for us. That one day, this Savior, who right now is resting so peacefully, will be so distressed in the Garden of Eden as he prays, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. This Savior, who is sleeping so peacefully at this moment, will one day experience tremendous violence. And in the words of the prophet Isaiah, it is the punishment that brings us peace. We can exhaust ourselves trying to make things right with God, trying to make up for our sin, but I can never make up for even one of the sins that I see all over the place in my life. But there is great peace in knowing that Jesus has worked to make it calm between God and us. In the words of 2 Corinthians 5, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The people that day wanted to follow Jesus, they wanted to be with him because they found in him a peace that their world could not give them. The disciples had this moment of external peace with Jesus as they sailed across the sea. But in Jesus, we have peace in our soul, knowing that things are right between us and God because of what Jesus has done for us. Next in line, the calm in the middle of the storm, because things changed fast on the Sea of Galilee. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were splashing into the boat so that the boat was quickly filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. They woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we are about to drown? So this storm came up out of nowhere, and such Sudden storms are common on the Sea of Galilee, which at 682 feet below sea level is the lowest freshwater lake in the world. So what happens is the winds come sweeping down from the mountains, they crash into the lake, and all of a sudden you get these violent surges of waves. And in the middle of this howling wind and these crashing waves that are swamping their boat, what is Jesus doing? He's sleeping in the back on a cushion. This is upsetting 
to his disciples. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now, how can they accuse Jesus of not caring? He just spent all day long showing them how much he cared about people by proclaiming the kingdom of God to the point of exhaustion to the people in that crowd. They've already seen Jesus take infants in his arms and bless them. They've seen him heal diseases and drive out demons. Jesus has communicated with word and action how much he cares about people. But when you are going through a difficult patch in your life, does it ever seem to you like Jesus doesn't care about what you are going through? Does it ever seem to you like your Savior is sleeping on you? The lesson we heard earlier from the book of Job, at the beginning of the book, Job experiences all these humongous losses, one right after another. And through the heart of the book, there's this this running thought in Job's mind, maybe the Lord doesn't know what's happening. Maybe that's why he's not helping me. Maybe he's sleeping. And we heard the part at the end of the book where the Lord shows up in a storm and says, excuse me, I made this whole world without any help or advice from you. I am very much aware of what is going on right now, Job. I see you. I'll help you when the time is right. And we can hardly accuse the Lord who sent his son into this world to die for us of of not caring what we are going through. It is peace for our souls to know that in the middle of our troubled times, Jesus is there. He is aware. Even if at the moment, it doesn't quite seem that way. And as we sang earlier in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in the time of trouble. Jesus' presence never changes, his knowledge never changes, and neither does his love. Jesus did raise himself from the dead. He did ascend back to the right hand of his heavenly Father, where he is managing every detail of our existence for our eternal good. And it is calm for our souls to know that he hears our prayers and he will deliver us in the time and the way that he knows is best. Next in line, the calm after the storm. Because the disciples do wake Jesus up. Then he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind stopped, and there was great calm. Sometimes when I'm walking, a dog will start barking at me or charge at me, and it's always fun for me to watch the owner try to calm down their dog. Occasionally it works. Usually it doesn't, because the dog is a dog. Barking is what it does. Charging at strangers is what it does. You're not going to stop the dog from doing that. I see parents tell their children to calm down. Sometimes it works after a while, sometimes it doesn't. I was in a movie yesterday. At least half a dozen people don't know how to calm their cell phones in movies. We can't calm animals, little people, electronics. Can't do it. Jesus stands up in the middle of a storm and says, Peace, be still. And immediately, with no delay, the wind stops and the water is perfectly calm. I'm sure the disciples on that boat, especially the fishermen, they had seen plenty of storms come to an end before. And we've all seen severe thunderstorms end. 
It's a process, right? The wind gradually dies down. And if you're out on the water, the waves are usually a little behind the wind. They take even longer. But all Jesus has to do is say the word and there is a great calm. Because he made the wind and the waves. So when he says, be still, thousands of horsepower of wind stop in its tracks. And thousands and millions of gallons of water are perfectly still. All it takes is Jesus' word to end the storm. Just the power of his word. And all it takes is the power of his word to end the storms in our life. Now one of the disciples on that boat, a few years later, will see Jesus use even greater power at his cross. When we think of Jesus' cross, maybe power is not the first characteristic that comes to mind. We might think first of God's grace, his forgiveness. It's also right to think of God's wrath and his justice, which is on display at the cross. Power mm, is tougher because how do you click together power with a dying man? But it took all the power of God for Jesus to take on himself all the sin of every human being, past, present, and future, and pay for it all by shedding his blood. There's always a, a part of our sinful pride that wants to think we somehow have the power to make up for our sin with some kind of little outward improvements. I'll, I'll do a little self-improvement here. I'll show some kindness to people that I've, I've been ignoring lately, and, and that should make it good. That should make it right. We don't have the power to make up for one little thing, but when Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he was paying for it all. Only the power of the Son of God could do that. Because of the power that Jesus displayed at the cross, we have peace in our souls and peace between us and God. Finally, the storm after the calm. Because the disciples' reaction to this display of divine power is pretty striking. Jesus said to them, Why are you so afraid? Do you still lack faith? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. They were filled with awe and said to one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. So first they're afraid of dying when the storm hits. And then they're still afraid after it's over because they have just seen the raw power of God on display when Jesus said, be still. So one minute they're shaking Jesus awake to help them. And the next minute after he has helped them, they are still shaking because they have seen his power. However, there is definitely one thing you should give the disciples credit for. Definitely one thing in their favor here. They did not jump out of the boat. <laughs> and I think a lot of people would have. And if you put yourself in their position and imagine that you actually just saw somebody say, peace, be still, and a storm just died, if you wouldn't have been freaked out of your mind yourself. <laughs> they didn't do that, though. They stayed on that boat with Jesus, and they stayed with him for three more years. And because they did, they got to see Jesus use his power in more and more miracles. And they also got Jesus' instruction patient instruction, and they slowly came to, came to understand that Jesus came into this world with this power not to frighten people, not to scare people, but to rescue them from their sin. It, it takes time for faith in that truth to grow. 
We need more Jesus, more time with him, more consistent time with him, more exposure to our Savior so that our faith grows to believe with confidence that storms are going to come into life, but Jesus is there with his power to save us when and how he sees fit. And because he used that power to save us from our sin, he will take us where no storm will ever touch us again. Amen.